The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Happy Friday, May 8th. Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Anything and everything contact center, call center, customer care related. I'm Neil Toff and I'm joined by my extraordinary <laughs> co-host, extraordinaire, Paul Catherell. Paul, how are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Um, it's been it's been a good week. Let's put it like that. And the fact that the week started with uh, Star Wars Day, May the Fourth, as I'm a huge Star Wars fan, that's always a, a nice way to start the week, mate. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend. How about yourself? You had a good one. All good. Does everyone always says May the Force be with you, as if it was like a future activity? I got to ask you: Was the Force with you? <laughs> um, it was maybe up until Tuesday, and I think it's coming back to me now. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of like I wouldn't say it's pre and post COVID, but it certainly felt like one of those weeks for me. But yeah, I'm starting to come out of it now, thankfully. Well, may the fourth, fourth, and the force continue to be with you. <laughs> we got a great, uh, much, a great, a great session planned for today. Um, we're going to do two things. We're going to hit on the idea and topic of cost savings in the contact center. Uh, mm. You brought this one up, and this is certainly near and dear to both of our hearts. I think we probably tackle it from different angles. One, of course, for me, from the BPO angle, we have a yeah. s- probably a shared set of costs that you do. But then as the BPO and broader, there's some of the other things that we look at and evaluate and are kind of beholden to. But I would love to know your take on this. You've read uh, and certainly have cited in, in, in social media, Brad Cleveland's post and, and, and publications on the topic of cost savings in the contact center. No better authority uh, and thought leader on any topic in the call center, but especially around cost savings. Tell us, like, break it yeah, down. Right. What, do you, what do you got? What's, what, what does Brad have for us? And, and, and what are your thoughts on the topic? Yeah, so I, I agree. I think because of our current roles and our background, we will probably look at it slightly differently, as you said, you from the vendor perspective and me a little bit more from the client perspective. I'll be honest with you, Neil, this isn't my area of expertise by any stretch of imagination. I'm not a finance guy. However, I was, I followed Brad um, on Twitter and a couple of weeks ago, he posted quite an interesting article on cost savings in terms of how it can be done correctly so that you don't impact customer experience and really that you're not having that total more relationship with the vendor, right? Um, I'm I'm always I'm always wary where you get into a relationship with a with a vendor from a client viewpoint where it's driven by the contract rather than what's driven by what's best for each other, right? So um, I think the notes that Brad was was making, or certainly his article, which can be found on bradcleveland.com, by the way. Um, made sense and resonated with me. Now, there's some of the stuff that I don't really understand or I can't really get my head around because I'm not the smartest tool in the box. Um, but I'll try to go through it as much as I can. And then by all means, Neil, you know, you you can give your two, you know, throw in your two cents. What Break it down Brad for us. Did, Preach. Okay. <laughs> what he did was he broke it down into seven areas. And these seven areas consist of, he says, assess the organizational customer access strategy. So that's really... How are our or your customers at the moment contacting your care? There's obviously different ways and different methods that customers can contact care. You've got your traditional uh, voice, obviously calling in through the IVR, and then you've got the more up and coming. I don't know if up and coming is the correct term now. They are in 2020, right? It's not like we're in 
the 1800s. But certainly the use of social media, non-chat, chatbots is still starting to improve. So he talks about there about how you can stream on that and make it a little bit more effective and efficient for customers so that you're not having maybe 16,000 different access points, um, which by when all said and done, those access points need staffing. Whether it's one person or whether it's 100 people, ultimately, those access points need staffing. So that was one of the areas that he spoke about. The other, the other area that you mentioned was identify organization so that such as wide opportunities. And I thought this was quite interesting because the point that Brad makes here is, and it's certainly something that as a company we did, um, not my, I should rephrase that, not my com- current company, but a company I worked for in the past when we went through a big cost saving um, experience or a cost saving drive. We looked at all departments to see where we could make savings what brad's uh, what brad's talking about here and i think this makes actually more sense is to focus on one department where you can make a lot of savings maybe marketing for example or maybe care have a look at that as 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 a separate entity and really focus and really drill down there to see where the cost savings are that makes sense or am i talking it, rubbish it does Nine, no time i talk rubbish mate no, no. Look, anyone who's going to cite Brad Cleveland isn't talking rubbish. I mean, here's what <laughs> I think on this. It's a, this is a dangerous angle because everyone talks about, yeah, you know, the the digital channels, the non-voice channels, of course they're cheaper. I'm going to call yeah. BS. Okay. The agent Go for it. costs the same amount of money. The bandwidth is the same. The workstation is the same. The training is the same. With one possible exception, it may actually be more expensive because you got to have an agent that probably differently skilled and maybe even more skilled to be able to handle the written communications, certain experiences, certain trainings, certain levels of of experience to be able to write effectively. Those yeah. aren't cheaper agents usually. Those usually either cost the same or potentially more. So there's yeah. there's one issue there. Uh, the other is um, the reason why people, I believe make the leap to think that it's cheaper is around efficiency. Agents can really only handle one simultaneous call at a time, can and only should handle one simultaneous call at a time. Whereas uh, in social media, depending on who you ask, you know, some, some have up to eight simultaneous chats or tweets or something going on. I think that is particularly high, but, but certainly you can handle two, three, depending on the type of interaction, the volume, things like that. That's where the supposed efficiency is, I believe, yielded. But it's a very, very tricky thing to all of a sudden triple the workload on one single agent. Um, if you can do it effectively, sure, you can, you can you get greater efficiency and greater productivity. But it's, it's not so easy. What, what else does uh, Brad say in there? So I, I certainly like the approach about efficiencies but, but, and, and, yeah. and channels. Anything else in there of note? Yeah, I think there's a there's I, I suggest that listeners if they do go to Brad's website will probably read it a little bit more in, in detail. But just to kind of summarize, um another area he talks about is work to prevent contacts at source. And this this made sense to me because I spend a lot of time in the voice world. So what Brad was talking about here, and it's the eighty twenty rule, right? So twenty percent of twenty uh, percent of our calls come from eighty let me rephrase that. 80% of our calls come from 20% of issues that customers are facing. So therefore, fix that 20% of the issues, and by, by default, you have a reduction in call volume, right? So that one, that one made sense to me. 
The other one was optimise staffing and scheduling. I think any workforce manager worth their salt would do that anyway, um, where you're not running too fast. But I think this is where the biggest challenge in the vendor and client relationship comes in. Because from a vendor, from a client perspective, we actually want our calls to be answered, but we don't want to be carrying too much fat, right? And I know then that the client looks at the, the vendor looks at it and goes, actually, yes, we want to achieve this, but we're not going to give you, for example, 95% every day, 95% of calls are answered within 30 seconds, unless you allow us a certain amount of buffer. And that's where those difficult conversations can come in. Um, of course, if we're, if, we're, if we're the vendor or the provider, or if I'm, I'm the ops manager, and one of the metrics that I'm traditionally held to is abandon rate. Well, exactly right. Gosh, gosh, love you. Give me an extra agent. Give me the extra headcount. <laughs> to hell with the cost. But that's where we get into trouble, right? Exactly. You want to have exactly. more to have a little buffer and 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 uh, pad against you know worst case scenario. But then the CFO is coming out and barking at you because why do you need to have the extra headcount? It's it's a it's a, a very slippery slope. I agree. Yeah, and then there's there's three more that I can I can summarize probably a little bit quicker. Looking at the time, and obviously we don't want to bore people. Um, the next one that comes down is I guess you'd call it a tiger team. So have have a small group of agents that are cross trained in different functionalities, and then you can quickly copy and paste those agents where need be based on their skill sets. That was one. The other one again, and this this for me should be an ongoing process, and I don't know how many companies out there do it well enough but work on processes and systems improvements. This shouldn't be driven by, in my opinion, this shouldn't be driven by cost saving. This should be driven by the simple desire of wanting to give the customers the best experience, but also to allow the agents to make that so. Right? We can often fall into the trap of saying, we want the best customer experience, but then if we don't give the tools to the agents or we don't give them sufficient training, then we're never going to have the best customer experience. For me, that shouldn't be dependent on the fact that, you know, we want to save money. That should be an ongoing exercise to make sure that we're given the best. In my opinion, I agree. my humble opinion. Yeah, of course. There, there's so, and there's so many ways to slice and dice that one, right? You, you've got exactly. the financial piece of it, of worrying about things of uh, cost per contact, cost per call, cost yeah. per chat, cost per hour, cost per this, cost per that, cost per that, cost per this, <laughs> right? And, and the CFO is like that because that's very digestible and it's very easy to sell that to the within the C-suite. We reduce the cost for whatever by 10 widgets. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, th those are good for sound bites. But if at the yeah. same time, customer lifetime value is dropping and CSAT's dropping and NPS is dropping and effort is going up and you know all, all those things, like, so what? what? Why was it worth it just to drop it? You, you got to look at it. I don't think it exactly. exists in a vacuum. Um, yeah. I, I love it. This is obviously a topic that we can talk and talk and talk and add tons more yeah. sessions of this podcast on. I would say this, let's maybe table this for now. We'll add it as yeah. a second, uh, a, a next session or, or future session. And maybe if we knock on wood and if Brad Cleveland is even hopefully listening to us, we'll get him on here. We'll, 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 we'll ask <laughs> him because he, he, if there's anyone that can school us on this one, it's Brad. Um, <laughs> let's, let's wrap this baby up. End of the week. <laughs> who would you, Paul, who would you give some shout outs to in your customer care world and community that, that you've been seeing this past week? Who's noteworthy okay. of praise? Well, obviously, Brad. I'd be foolish if I didn't call out Brad. The fact that we've just spent, you know, nearly 10 minutes talking about him and, and, his, and his great intellect. So definitely Brad. Another guy that I know we both um, hold in high esteem, and I I'm, I'm not 100% sure if you know him personally. I've never met the guy. We follow him on LinkedIn, and we also follow him on Twitter as Jeremy Watkin. 
I know that he's he's really you know I love his posts, his video posts, his blogs that he's currently he's currently getting out there. I think he's a great guy. And then the last one is is a Twitter handle. I don't know who it is. Um, I, we follow him from a podcast. The, the Twitter handle is at DK Guy. So he's obviously heavily involved in customer service. And just for just, you know, hints and tips on how you can improve the customer service or the customer journey, highly recommend listening to it or not listening. I mean, on Twitter, following that guy. But yeah, great. If that great. guy's listening to us, show yourself, reveal yourself. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you behind that Twitter Twitter handle? Uh, no, I, agree. Great. I, I follow that guy or gal or man or woman or uh, that person and, and uh that is that is a, a definitely a thought leader. Uh, anyone else on the list, or, or can I go on to mine? No, yeah, go on to yours. Go on to yours. Uh, all right. So today is, as I mentioned, uh, Friday, May eighth. I'm going to yep. give a big shout out to a CX hero of mine who I didn't mention originally when we, you and I did that uh, that that podcast a couple couple weeks ago. Jeremy yeah. Hyde from Minnesota. Okay. It's his birthday today. Great wow. CX thought leader. Great practitioner. This guy is as solid as it gets. Uh, Jeremy Hyde, big shout out to you. Uh, I'm going to also recommend and give shout outs to Becky Roman. Had a great interaction with her uh, in ICMI chat earlier this week. Becky Roman recently uh, joining Avtex. Uh, Andrew okay. Gilliam from ICMI, wonderful dude, lovely, smart, articulate, great leader. Kathy Block. What was his name? Sorry. Andrew. A- Andrew, what, Andrew Gilliam uh, from okay. ICMI. Kathy Glocken from Crayola. I had an opportunity to interact with her, and she's doing some really great stuff. Um, hats off to her. Um, Anne-Marie Lavenia from the Emerson Group. Hats off to you as well. You're doing some great work as well. I'm going to give a shout-out to SOCAP, an organization that I'm very closely connected with and work on behalf of. SOCAP is doing yeah. some really great stuff in the, in the consumer affairs and customer care world um, and, and has led some great discussion groups and webinars this particular week. Leslie O'Flahave is Leslie O. We love you. Yeah, great wonderful. Man, friend of ours. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a company called Customer. Customer with a K. They put on an amazing um, one-day customer care session this week with some amazing thought leaders. Uh, it was complimentary um, and amazing activity and, and event. Hats off to them. They're making some noise in the customer care space. Um, that's my list. Shout out to them. Paul, I love this this session. This was short and sweet to the point. We got some Absolutely. great stuff to continue, continue to look forward to. We're going to continue to riff in the future on uh, cost savings in the contact center. We've got tons of other stuff to talk about. Wrap this baby up for us. Give a, give a sweet goodbye to the audience. It's it's been an absolute pleasure host having this with you on a on a on a on a weekly basis, my friend. I, I look forward to it. And I just hope that the listeners out there, and we're now close to five hundred po- downloads, if you can believe that. The fact that we've got five hundred, nearly five hundred, is, is is testament, really. So I'm really over overjoyed that we're getting all these listeners, and I just want to, you know, thank everybody out there. Um, and if you can, by all means, feel free to follow us at Twitter. We are at Chats Fires. I'll say that again because I know I've got apparently a posh English accent. For me, it's not that posh. There we go. It's at Chat Fires. So please, you know, give us a follow and please download and subscribe and like our podcast. We're loving doing it. At Chats Fires in US English. At Chats Fires <laughs> in British English. I, I don't there you know. Go, I, right. I didn't bungle, bungle it. I wish I, I could speak better and just like you. I love it. Uh, audience, we loved having you. Thanks for being a part of this. We'll talk Absolutely. together next week. Thanks for the downloads. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a retweet. Give us a something. Give us some love. We love you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.